Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. First, we have Bonnie of Bonnie and Glide. Hey! <laughs> What's up? <laughs> really good. Super requested interview, so <laughs> got it. <laughs> so originally you were born in, is it Fairfax, Virginia or? Um, yeah, I was originally born in Fairfax, Virginia. Are your parents originally from Virginia too or? Yeah, both of them are from Virginia. I have like family that came from like New York to Virginia and like New Jersey. Mm -hmm. But yeah. What do your parents do? So my dad actually works for this company. Um, it's like an audiovisual sales company, but he's like gotten to like the very top to where he like even owns a portion of oh, it. Oh. And um, yeah, and basically uh, he, even when he was younger, he was like in a band, so it like really made him want to just like work in that kind of industry. But um, in what he does with audiovisual sales, he's able to like stay in one place and like have his home there, but still be kind of involved mm -hmm. uh, on the back end of things. Like, he does, like, really cool stuff, like, um, just big live arenas and stuff. And, wow. Yeah. And your mom? And uh, my mom, actually, she lives in Florida now. Oh, okay. And she's been living in Florida since I went to college. And uh, she kind of, like, bounces around, like, all kinds of jobs. She's, like, a little free spirit woman. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. do you think you got your music set from your dad? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah what kind of music were they playing in the house? Uh, I listened to a lot of rock music growing up, a lot of rock, a lot of Led Zeppelin, um, but I also like listened to a lot of rap. It was obviously from like school and stuff, but mm -hmm. um, just my area, like rap music was huge. Um, and we used to have like parties, like we called them like twerk parties. <laughs> like <laughs> literally you just showed up to the party to like twerk. Oh my like, It was so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just rock and rap were huge. And were you into, was it chorus or did you do choir? Yeah, so I did, um, I actually, when I was younger, like my family was kind of big, well not huge, but big on religion to where I was oh, wow. in like a choir, uh, like a religious choir. And um, For your like local church or? Yeah, yeah, for my local church. And um, it was interesting, like after that, I just, I did go to chorus at school, but it was only for like a year. And then I went, I took actual like, lessons with like a couple different women in my area mm -hmm. like our, where I went to their house and they like did like vocal training and but you met in middle school right yeah Daniel and I met in yeah. like seventh or eighth grade yeah and you were doing some school chants yeah in a, well that was actually in high school uh, when we were a little more lit <laughs> when uh, yeah he would like throw parties and he has been a DJ since he was like real young mm -hmm. and uh he would like throw parties and we would just get really lit in the hallway like on the way leaving school and we'd get everyone to chant it's friday let's get <laughs> effed up it's friday <laughs> and everyone would chant it it was so funny <laughs> we didn't even know then too that we would like become you know dj duo partners and yeah. like touring and like I don't know, it's just did wild. you click instantly though yeah it's actually kind of crazy that like in high school, we were always in the same friend group and really good friends. Like, there was never any beef between us or, like, or our friends. We were always just in the same friend group and mm -hmm. really good party friends. Yeah, it's really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> because we ended up going to different colleges and separating for 
like a solid like four years until this all happened. So. Mm -hmm. um, and what clicked to you to be a duo? Like, were you ever scared of something like happens down the road? Well, you know, it's crazy. We talk about it a lot, and uh, well, not a lot as much anymore. Like towards the beginning, we talked about it a lot just mm -hmm. to make sure we were both on the same page. But our passions are both so aligned that I just <laughs> I it. I don't see anything ever stopping mm, what we're doing because I love that. yeah, we both like really, really love what we're doing, and it's the only thing we've ever wanted to do. So you know, um, I think that over time, the plane or helicopter. Um, over time, I think you know our project will take many different shapes, but uh, I don't think I don't see us ever stopping. Just yeah, we love it so much. So mm -hmm. it's kind of wild. Um, I did that, and then. From then on, it was kind of like I just kind of like went my own way and started like creating on my own, and uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And well, it's, so then it was weird. I uh, decided to um, do the voice one day. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna apply. And oh, the TV do, show? Yeah, and I wow. like basically all I, I all you had to do online was uh, sing and post your video on this website, like a local news channel thing, and uh, yeah, and I won, and I ended up going to like. Nashville and like no way yeah I ended How up old auditioning um this was actually right before I started my Bonnie X Clyde project oh so um yeah I was like I found so out people can still find you on YouTube they could if they looked up like the Virginia Fox News affiliate whatever that is something like that <laughs> yeah. to like find my video I had to sing this like really old song <laughs> but I went to Nashville and I auditioned there and I got through like two rounds and then ended up not like Going, following through because like mm -hmm. this other girl went and uh, so I didn't make it to like the live screening of The Voice that like yeah. we go to Hollywood or whatever but uh, yeah it was weird and right after that I started uh, my project now so mm -hmm. it was kind of like fate yeah. led me to not do it <laughs> How would you describe yourself like back then growing up? I've always been super outgoing where I have a lot of friends but I've only ever had like three really close friends um, I don't know it's like I was never really big on like big groups of girls. Yeah. Like, it was just, there was always like big groups of girls in my high school too that I just felt it was so, so clicky. And uh, so I always had like one or two girl, close girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And I was like kind of it. And uh, did you like school? Like, were you good at school? Oh, yeah. No, I, uh, I got, well, okay. <laughs> was I good at school? So my high school was kind of like rough. I had like one of my like really close cousins pass when I was mm. like a junior. And, like, up till that, like, I just kind of, I dealt and, like, my parents had got divorced and, like, all this stuff. So, I kind of, my grades weren't that great. But then senior year, like, at least a year after my cousin passed, I had this, like, super positive, like, uplifting oh, nice. thing that just, like, came into my life. And I was, like, you know, I don't know. I got straight A's senior year. <laughs> and it was, like, I got into the college that, like, a lot of people wanted to get into. And, uh, yeah, from then on, it was really... It was good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, the beginning of my high school was rough, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, what made you wanted to go to Virginia Tech? Um, it's actually crazy. I didn't really want to go to Virginia Tech ever, but my cousin that passed away went to Virginia Tech, and when he died, mm -hmm. it was almost like I had this attachment to it. And then when I got in, I was like, oh, I, I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was kind of it. What was your major? Uh, so I majored in communication, music, and theater. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I actually took some really weird courses. Like, this course called Ways of Seeing, like, forever changed my life. <laughs> really? What about? 
It was just about, like, the entire class was on, you had a sketch, had to sketch out everything that you saw. We watched all kinds of, like, movies and everything. You just sketched, like, your ideas. It was, it was called Ways of Seeing. It was mm-hmm. the coolest class I've ever taken. <laughs> and that was actually one of the biggest reasons I loved that school. <laughs> was that class. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, there weren't too many classes that were super, super artsy there. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, like, a tech school. But. And were you doing any musical instruments? Yeah, so I've, like, always kind of been in and out of playing the guitar and mm-hmm. piano. Um, way more piano nowadays than guitar, even though I want to get back into it. But, um, and I've been singing my whole life, but uh, it wasn't until college when I really started diving into, like, producing because I had classes where I was working in Logic and in, like, live studios. Um, but it was all kind of, like, live, very live, and in studios not so much, like, on the laptop, just creating on, like, Ableton. And it wasn't until, like, my last year of college when I met up with Daniel... Um, who, you know, Clyde, my other partner, he uh, then introduced me to Ableton and was like, yo, like, all this knowledge that you know can be, like, everything can just be expedited, basically. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? And I got Ableton and everything started happening faster. My organization, everything just got way better. And, um, yeah, Ableton, like, mm-hmm. kind of changed everything for me with music. Because once I learned Ableton, it was like, I could just go to my computer and anything that comes to my mind, I could just do it. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool. So, uh, yeah, that happened, like, my end of junior year going into senior year Mm -hmm. then I graduated and started my project (laughs) (laughs) and then what were the first musicians you were listening to that got you into EDM like years and years ago oh my goodness so many um definitely pretty lights Mm -hmm. was huge uh where I'm from like there's like country roads and all kinds of stuff and like and Avicii um was really big um really got me I mean Skrillex and Diplo were really huge but it wasn't until like I graduated college and really went to like a couple of my first festivals and experienced like a Diplo set when I like really fell in love with Diplo Mm -hmm. and I when I graduated college and started this project with Daniel I moved to Miami and fell in love with Diplo I was like I love the way he works behind the booth how he just like mixes like whatever like booty songs like all kinds of music um so I really fell in love with him and, like, the whole Mad Decent movement. So I went to a lot of those parties and stuff. Um, yeah, that's kind of what, like, entered me into the scene, really. How did the Rise Above get so viral? Um, it's actually wild. So when I moved to Miami, we really were just making music and decided to, like, post on SoundCloud under our name. And Rise Above was one of the first songs we made that started gaining traction on SoundCloud like our first 100k views or something and people wanted to write about it and we were like what's going on but that kind of gave us like a little like I don't know push to make more music and we were like oh okay some of the stuff we're making really is really cool Mm -hmm. and we really started feeling our project um and next thing you know uh like Rise Above just kept growing and growing and then like a year went by we started getting like shows and stuff and just from honestly a couple homies before we ended up getting with our management. And uh, yeah, then we got with our management and everything started coming together. And then yeah, Rise Above went even bigger. <laughs> now it's like got millions of views. And yeah. I, it's so crazy because that really ended up being way bigger than we ever thought it was going to be. It just kind of was a thing we did in, in a really small room. <laughs> <laughs> then the, you had your first Life in Color. That was like one of the big like stepping stones for you guys. 
Yeah, it was kind of like we started our whole project in Florida and Life in Color. We did a bunch of Life in Colors and we grew this really, really strong Florida fan base. Mm -hmm. And that was what kind of led us to then we were going to move to LA because we were like, wow, like we have such a strong fan base in Florida now. Like we felt, in a sense, we like, you know, really been in Florida for a very long time. We were like, it's mm -hmm. time to leave. Um, so yeah, but we really started things in Florida. And yeah. Life in Color was a huge start of that. So. Yeah, and how did Skrillex happen? Oh, yeah, well, that was crazy. One day we got a call from our manager. It was actually, we had no plans. <laughs> and we got a call from our manager saying that um, Skrillex was coming to town and they wanted us to open. And <laughs> we were both freaking out because it was, like, the first opportunity we'd had where it was, like, you know, someone that we really looked up to. And uh, it was really awesome. We just quickly got our stuff together and we had at that point we had an hour before we were gonna go on oh my god so we were like okay let's just get something as dope as possible together that's we were also like oh we're opening for him we didn't want to like you know play songs that we're gonna be like uh, who knows but it was just so funny we were trying yeah. to pile in all of our best music and um and yeah and i just will never forget that night because <laughs> opening for him like it's the first time i was ever you know passing the decks off to him and yeah I, you know, he's someone I really look up to, so it was cool. Mm -hmm. It was really wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And was it uh, easy to click for you guys? Because I feel like you're, like, on stage press, like, propelling you <laughs> to, like, more audiences. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. It's just, I don't know, it's weird because I have been singing for so long. It's kind of, like, an innate thing that I just, like, am, like, in people's faces more. <laughs> it's weird, like... Like, I don't know. Like, sometimes when I'm behind the booth, like, when there are scenarios where they don't have stages and it's just a booth, that freaks me out more sometimes. Because, I don't know, performing behind something, it just limits you. So I'm like, are they going to be able to see us? Like, <laughs> so I don't know. It's weird. Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy that whole part of it. Like, yeah. Being able to, like, sing to people and, like, make eye contact. How did Rose Gang come about? Um... That's actually cool. I randomly one day this group of girls came and brought me roses at a show and I had to quickly fly out from the show. Mm. And I couldn't bring these roses, so the first thing that came to mind when I got them was I was gonna pass them out during our show. And that show, when I passed them out to everyone, we had never like we got hit up more than we had ever oh, wow. based off these roses. People were like, I got a rose I'm gonna keep forever, like were, everyone was talking about this roses, and I was like, oh my goodness, I have to keep doing this. Yeah. And uh, it's just started, you know, every show now I bring roses and I pass them out, and it's like a thing, like, during the show that just gets something to, like, take away mm -hmm. from our set. What drew you to Dylan's personality that you wanted to be in a duo? And how have you feel like your, like, relationship has grown over time? Um, so we both have, like, this we're both like super free spirited in that like we're we're kind of like willing to do anything it takes um to make our goals happen and mm -hmm. we both have that about us that we're just very like driven we're like we're gonna make it happen um and we also really both have a love for dance music so I feel like the fact that like on the back end we're both like we don't care what, no matter what, we're going to make it happen. And on, like, the performance side, like, we love it so much that, like, our chemistry is just continues to grow. Mm -hmm. I think that was, like, a huge thing that made me realize, like, 
this is gonna <laughs> that I knew that it was gonna be um, good. Like I knew it was gonna it was gonna work. Um, mm. Yeah, and nothing's really changed. So I feel like it's just been it's just been cool. And we're just like I don't know. It's weird. People always wonder like what's good with you guys. But we're honestly like we fuck around with each other so much. Mm-hmm. Our personalities have never changed since when we first met. Like yeah, we always are just like the lit party people that like like to have fun. What would you say have been the biggest challenges so far for Bonnie and Clyde? The biggest challenges? Um, I think a huge challenge for us has been, like, probably the biggest challenge, actually, is, you know, we're two people, mm-hmm. and but under this one name, so we're trying to always take both of our very different ideas and put them into one. But we've realized it's better to really kind of like go our separate ways creating and then come together Mm. so because for periods we were like trying to force this always having to create together but it was limiting our own ideas and and you know everyone's ideas are so valuable that even just like when you say something and ask somebody's opinion and they say something it automatically skews your true you know creative direction so um now we just kind of are like okay like we're gonna start separate and then we come together and it's just better we have you know, we have two separate ideas, and then we have one idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. You'd think that'd be simple, but, you know, coming up with this kind of stuff is not that easy. Or hard, whatever, yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, and I don't know. It's been really awesome. Even though, like, there's been, like, you know, ups and downs, it's, uh, we've always come up better. Last question. What does love mean to you? Oh, my gosh. Love means so much. Oh, my gosh. Love to me... Um, means really caring and considering for people Mm. I would say Um, so much that you know you would go out of your way to do something really great for them yeah (laughs) I love that yeah this was awesome thank you so much (laughs) yeah of course thank you hi now I'm with Clyde of Bonnie and Clyde hello (laughs) so you were born in Fairfax Virginia yeah we both were born in Fairfax are your parents originally from there or what's up what's up with my parents my mom Potomac, Maryland, my dad, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and then they linked up, and yeah, in the early 90s, they moved to Fairfax. What did, what do they do? Uh, what is my dad? My dad's kind of, kind of, I guess, is like a lawyer banker guy, and my mm-hmm. mom's like, just like a PhD lady, and oh, does wow. like consulting for finance, financial <laughs> institutions and stuff like that. So where do you go to, where did you get your creative side from? I honestly don't know. Like my, I would say the musical side. My grandmother is the type of lady that can hear any song and just play it on the piano like mm-hmm. instantly. Yeah. Like in the in the moment type of thing. It's pretty incredible. Did she teach you back then piano? Uh, no, no one ever taught me piano or anything. I just started producing and on Ableton when I was twenty and picked and was like oh, and trying to teach myself like how to make music and also production at the same time. So it was kind of a process. And what were you into like back then growing up before music? Well, I mean, I was, I was entertaining. So like when I was 13, it's actually funny. No, when I was 15, I used to like go to bar mitzvahs and sweet 16s and weddings and they would just like give me a microphone and I would just like get everyone hyped. No way. Yeah. That was, was it kind of like a stand up set or just uh, like stand up? No, like it's not like stand up. Like it's like, like a th- there's man. a DJ behind me <laughs> and I would go out and I would get like the 13 year olds dancing but then I would also get like the grandmothers dancing you know I would like be like yo everyone partied like whether it was copycat dancing various games yeah. and stuff but that all led into like the DJing that when I was right around 16 17 
that wasn't like the coolest thing anymore. Though it was really great, I'd make like, you know, good money for just like an hour and get That's fed crazy. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> but uh, so were so, you practicing that in your free time, or like what were you doing in your free time, like in high school? So yeah, when I was 16, I I got my first pair of turntables, and then I would just like practice. So what I would do is I would take my turntables and plug them in directly into Chat Roulette. You remember that platform? Yeah. It's like some savage. I mean, obviously there'd be some dudes on there doing whatever, but like. It's so funny that like some kids that like saw me in my room when I was six, 15, 16 on chat roulette DJing or like on our socials now. I'm like, I remember. No way. Yeah, it's really crazy. And, um, <laughs> but then I started nine months later, I started like renting out the clubs in my area and hiring my friends to be like my promoters. And we would skip school and go flyer all the high schools in the area's cars. Mm -hmm. And we would like, we would throw just 20 and under. So you'd have to be like 15 to 20 years old to attend these events. And it would be just like the most ratchet party. Like everyone would just show up like drunk and underage, and it was just like the best time. <laughs> what did your parents think of all that? Uh, they liked my entrepreneurial spirit because my dad's my dad's vibe, like mm -hmm. entrepreneur. So, and I always knew that I was never gonna be like working for someone else's dream. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, so they didn't mind like the ratchet party side. They didn't, I guess they didn't know to that level. They just saw, oh, hey, you you uh, you made some money dancing, then you invested it into the next thing, and it's going to lead into the next thing. It's like, you know, how kind of how business works. They didn't really, like, go into, into it, nor were they involved at all. Like, it was all just, like, cash, backdoor, yeah. like, quick, quick, like, didn't pay any taxes, like, whatever. <laughs> what did he study at Ithaca originally? Okay, yeah, college-wise. Um, so, yeah, when I graduated... Uh, I just felt the vibe that I wanted to be playing sports because I knew that would like keep me in shape and like keep me in line because when you have to wake up and, and do things, you know, it's more of a schedule. Yeah. So my freshman year, I decided to play uh, D3 football at Ithaca oh. College. Were you really into sports in high school? I wouldn't say really into it. I mean, I was like athletic, like I weightlifting competitions oh, wow. and I was on the football like team. Like competing with on, other schools for yeah, weightlifting? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. And stuff like that. But it... I wouldn't. I would. I just did it because one, it like it made you, you know, healthy, like health, yeah. and, and it was a good place to like all my friends were doing it, and like that's why I joined the football team. I didn't join my freshman year. I joined my junior year. I was like, oh, all my homies are on the football team, like, and I would I would like work out after school, and they'd all have like another workout, and I'd be like, you know what, I'm just gonna like join the team because like I like football, and yeah. screw it, sounds like fun. All my <laughs> friends are doing it, so yeah, I did that, and I really liked football a lot. That's why I translated into college. Once I got to college. I started seeing like, I don't know, I my perspective changed a lot. Uh, but were you recruited for it? Uh, you, I wouldn't call it recruited. I mean, yeah. you kind of like reach out, you show them some tape, whatever. Oh. With Division three, it's much easier okay. to make it happen. So yeah, once I got to Ithaca, I was like seeing where all the seniors were going and like what, what you know, just like where the path of my life was heading. And I was like, nah, this is not it. So I like immediately transferred to uh, University of Miami and I was like, oh, it was because somebody at Ithaca showed me ultra ultra on youtube and yeah. they showed me skrillex and diplo and i was like i mean my shallower perspective at the time was like oh my god like a white kid can make it in music oh that's for me i'm there bro like diplo. honestly like that's what i was thinking and uh someone was like yeah skrillex uses ableton i was like boom like immediately immediately got ableton and uh just when i was 20 i started making music and then that after that like if i turned 20 in the fall and that 
that winter I transferred to University of Miami and really focused my energy towards making the whole music thing happen. What was your major at Ithaca, or do you, were you undecided? Ithaca? I don't know what it was called, but it was in the communication school. At University at Miami, it was music business, and uh, electronic media was my major. Mm -hmm. Music business was my minor, so it was like Photoshop, Illustrator. Oh, wow taking pictures, video, editing. I think the most valuable thing I learned there was like Photoshop and Illustrator because mm -hmm. like our earlier cover arts yeah. were just like all me, oh, just wow. like on Photoshop. Do you think studying the music or business elements help like looking back now? I mean, definitely it helped, you know, break the, break the ice with the dynamics of the music industry. But at the end of the day, I feel like now I understand it, but I definitely didn't have this level of understanding leaving college as I do right now actually experiencing it. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I def it definitely broke the ice, but it wasn't everything. Cause I definitely made mistakes. Yeah. Like as we all do. And then right after you graduated, you go straight to Icon? Uh, no. So basically at that point I was, uh, I mean, I was talking to my family about going to the school and they were like, we just don't see the value and whatever it was. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm just gonna like prove them that there's value there. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I was already like making songs and making stuff, but like I could hear the difference between my productions and like the dudes, you know, freaking whatever, Tiesto or who, insert huge artists there. You know, there's just a, there's a difference in quality when you've only been producing for a couple years or mm -hmm. you don't have the right perspective on music. Once we graduated from college is when we actually decided Bonnie and Clyde. Like we didn't start Bonnie and Clyde until like the month we graduated. Oh, wow. And it so was, were you like not putting out any music or was that under a different So we had a different name, we put out a couple songs, don't worry about it, it was all good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Paige and I literally spent the senior year of college on Skype. Mm -hmm. And every day I was like teaching her how to use Ableton and we were like making songs together like she would like take control of my mouse and like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was like, like wow. that. We made a couple songs that way. Um, we know we wanted to do something, but we didn't know what the brand was at the time. Right towards the end of college, I just had this like epiphany. I was like, dude, Bonnie and Clyde, like, oh, dude, I know this can work. Like, and I started doing it. I was like, no one's doing this. Like, how, how is no one doing this yet? I'm like, we could be that. And I just picture it, closed my eyes. I saw the name on the screen. I saw the, the male, female silhouette, female, mm -hmm. male silhouette. And I was like, damn, this can definitely work. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so at that point I was like, yo, Paige, bringing like, this is this is the shit like we need to do this like and she was like it took her a little little time to fully embrace not that long but like to, you know once people started calling her bonnie yeah like she felt like the realness mm, of that. it you know what i'm yeah. saying um and that it was just like working and we just came out with a string of music and the right timing to the right place read to the right management which led to the right opportunities with like insomniac which yeah actually so how did you meet insomniac um that was Basically, we had an EP of music, it's the Wanted EP, mm -hmm. and uh, Insomniac at the time was collaborating with Interscope, and they were just like, yo, we love this EP, we want to sign the EP. I was like, all right, awesome, because we had literally like not signed anything to anything. You always release stuff like independently. Was it like a big jump to work with a big label, or? Um, was it a big jump? I mean, honestly, it was probably the best thing we ever do. Insomniac mm -hmm. was able to like put up put us on a lot of festivals which helped us build oh, wow. their original fan base outside of Florida because mm -hmm. like initially like our fan base was just like really Florida before we moved here like two and a half years ago or whatever most you know up the eastern seaboard up yeah. to DC or whatever where we're from New York whatever but they helped us like really go 
all over America, like get wow. the exposure around America, which ultimately led to, you know, all the shows that we play now. And mm-hmm. very thankful for that opportunity and thankful Pasquale, Insomniac, all the guys, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it was definitely a blessing. And um, we had our song on that EP, it was called Bass Jam. And that was like number one on XM radio yeah. for like a couple weeks. Like, it was just awesome. Like, it was just like, I felt like, you know, everyone was like just supporting it. And it was just mm-hmm. like, just like a really great feeling to like not be in your bedroom and just be like playing festivals. And it was just a huge transition. I remember when we first got an agency and uh, it was, so we had, we were like oh, starting to get the shows from them. And then it was like the first week that we actually had shows where we were flying around to different cities. Mm-hmm. And like, that was cool. But then I remember the second weekend when I was walking into the airport, LAX, Yeah. I was like, this is going to be like every week yeah. forever wow. now. I'm getting goosebumps by you telling me. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I just remember thinking around. I'm like, wow, this is like my new reality. Like out outside of college, like outside of college, maybe this was like nine months after graduating from college or something. Mm-hmm. Or no, 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 a year and a half. It was another cycle because we we hung out in the hood of Miami for a while. We had the house where it was actually really sketch. Like people. <laughs> People pulled up on, like, the back porch of our oh house with, like, guns and, like, robbed all my friends and stuff. What? And there was, like, a crack house on the corner. Like, like our year out of college, like, all we did was just work at this one club once a week for, like, 500 bucks. And we lived in, like, the cheapest scenario in the hood right outside of University of Miami, but, like, on the wrong side of University of Miami. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Thankful. Thankful now. Yeah. L.A., dude. I love living in L.A. Mm-hmm. Probably like, the best. What were the main inspirations for Wanted? The Wanted EP? Yeah. I think at that point, we were just, we didn't really know, like, what this was sonically. We just were like, we really like tension, we really like trap, we really like that feeling. And we wanted to create music that was like, that had, you know, obviously vocals, and then we were incorporating, you know, our uh, vocal bass, we call it vocal bass, like, incorporating that whole style. But as far as inspiration was honestly just like the way we were feeling at the time, like that's usually how songs work. It's either like something inspires a certain thing and then that builds off that one thing. For example, uh, Bass Jam, which was the biggest song, was completely inspired from high school. Like when I listened to that song, closed my eyes, me and Paige were both at the same party in high school. Yeah. Uh, all the time, but like this specific party was at our friend Erica's house and she had like the very unfinished basement. Mm-hmm. And it was like a straight, you know, as like twerk grinding kind of party vibes because that's really what it was in a high school but yeah it was a specific party that like just I just remember like the song like when she she wrote the initial part and then I was added a little part and then it was like we were both like yo do you remember that party and she was like bro that was the exact party I was thinking of like while I was writing the song it's just like so cool and so that one was like super nostalgic and I feel like that's why that song really resonated with people because they could just feel that it was just like a genuine perspective you know getting wasted in the basement Mm -hmm. and then you're like okay what are we gonna do next yeah we'll we'll figure it out we're drunk doesn't matter (laughs) and then fast forwarding to your more recent house party that was on how did that whole thing happen yeah so that whole experience was was wild um basically SMF got canceled and then we were like freaking out because they were were supposed to be like a tropical storm and then there was Mm -hmm. no tropical storm it was a beautiful day outside so we're like for all the fans on twitter we did like this crazy meetup which led to us playing like at four different clubs around tampa while also lining up this house party 
and it was just like in this part of town that was super quiet and there's probably like like 500 kids on the street it was like crazy <laughs> so and crazy. these kids were like the thing the thing that was special about that party these kids were were there to rage at smf like all day mm -hmm. and they didn't get it all day and yeah. some kids weren't able to go to any events because maybe they couldn't afford it or they had already spent their money on the, the festival ticket and they didn't have the t or the shit was sold out like mm -hmm. a lot of things were sold out that night so like their only rage was potentially this <laughs> oh, one <laughs> thing and um it's like four in the morning and uh so i just remember pulling up to that house and like at this point like the socials are going crazy like literally the whole festival was like on our twitter that day it was like yeah. really insane how like quick the entire it felt like the whole festival was just like responding to everything that <laughs> it, was, it was insane and um pulled up to this party and i remember just walking in the front door of page and just everybody just like <sighs> Oh like gosh. this crazy explosion in the house. We literally only played like three songs, whatever it was, because yeah. we had to go. We had a plane, and we and we it was actually further oh, yeah. away than we thought it was gonna be. Uh, so yeah, so we had to bounce. And right as we were walking out the front door, the police walked in, and then next day Fox hit us up and was like, "Yo, we heard about this and that." They got the whole, you know, whatever FaceTime yeah. thing on on the Fox for Tampa. That must have been so surreal to be yeah, on it was the news. It was definitely <laughs> definitely interesting. And they, they could have spun it way worse. They made it super positive and plugged our EP at the end. Like, no way. It was so awesome. And everybody, <laughs> when we posted it, they thought it was like, we planned it like that. It was just like a big oh, stunt for our, uh, for our EP that was coming That'd out. It would be crazy to orchestrate with nah, definitely. And... Got, that's what's, it's crazy. Like we did it and it was like, yeah. it just organically worked out like that. Mm -hmm. most, most things end up being like that. I mean, you can definitely plan hype on paper, but like most of the the biggest hype things that have happened have just been like natural progression of things mm -hmm. and do you think you're gonna put out more music videos because you only did was it one on your channel yeah one on our channel ago. yeah we'll we'll put out more videos honestly i want to like do things justice like when i have like great songs and stuff that i really believe in like i don't want to just put out a video and it also depends on like like now we're signed to ultra records and mm -hmm. what they're what they want to do what we really want to do the, and also the idea like the idea is everything. Like, if I have the right idea, I'll put everything. So can you tell me about the story of your <laughs> crazy car? <laughs> so basically the story with this yellow Porsche right here is my aunt, Aunt Michelle, she actually passed away. Um, while she was alive, she was the type of lady that would just like get people together for charity functions and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But when she was diagnosed with colon cancer, she was super focused on this charity organization called Colon Cancer Colon Cancer Alliance of America or Colon Cancer Alliance, something like yeah. that. And uh, so when she was alive, she used to be super part of it. And then she died, unfortunately, um, cancer, colon cancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, but the year after, my family, uh, you know, my grandparents, my uncle, they all went to the the gala because they do like a silent auction. They do like you know your typical yeah. charity function. And uh, the big raffle of the night was this car, right? Yeah. So two weeks before I was home and I was talking to my mom and uh, I was like, yo, mom, I, I, the car I have right now, I had a Jeep at the time. It's like, I, we want, I want to get something different. I want to get like a, something cool, like, I don't know, just something cool, convertible, maybe like a 1985, like something crazy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And she was like, hold off, like, we just put in for this raffle. If I win the car, you can have it. 
And literally two weeks later, I get a call from my cousin, I get a call from my dad, I get a call from my mom, like all within like five seconds of each other, like, yo, we won the car. Oh no my God, way, that was even insane. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, insane car. And, and then she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna mail you some paperwork, you just gotta sign it, and then that's it, so now. <laughs> It's pretty crazy. I, I mean, love that. It wasn't completely free. You still have to like pay taxes yeah. or whatever. But I mean, it's it definitely is a steal. <laughs> so what can we look forward uh, to now with their music or upcoming announcements? So I think the biggest thing that's changing for Bonnie and Clyde is that now we have clarity. We know exactly on a sonic level, meaning on the musical level, it, like where we're trying to go with this project. Because me and Paige started Bonnie and Clyde like as we were growing, you know what I mean? We didn't, mm. we didn't get to like perfect this thing and have this complete thing and then launch a project. We were like, we're graduating from college. We got to make it right now. We got to make this happen yeah. right now. Like, and so, but now we feel like more than ever, we have clarity. So that clarity is, if you listen to like most of our old, not old stuff, but recent stuff, maybe you would have said, oh, like Bonnie and Clyde, what happened? They went mainstream, they did pop music. Like, yeah, well, we at the time we were feeling that, um, but, now we just feel like we want to bring a different energy and that energy is just bigger, more attention uh, and really focused on making music for the show and not really focused on fitting in a playlist. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, because I feel like, and it's, I feel like a lot of people go into making music and they're like, yo, oh man, I can't do it like this. Like, you know, oh, Spotify, blah. Like, yeah. and honestly, that hinders creativity. The, the last couple months have been super liberating as far as creativity has been concerned because we've been like, yo, I don't care about any of that. All I care about is how epic the experience is going to be for the people in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just led to like more awesome music that I've never been more excited. You know, I've never been more excited about the music than I'm than the music that I'm working on right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because it's like, and there have been periods in our, in our stuff where I was like making music because I wanted to fit somewhere and like honestly that's not very satisfying as an artist. Like it's much happier now creating. Like while I'm sitting on the computer, mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, this is gonna be awesome. Where I'm oh, not I like, oh, I just need to get this right. Like I need to get a release out. Like, you know, it's like a different perspective and it just leads to better art. What drew you to Bonnie's personality initially? Well, me and Paige have been friends since like eighth grade. She is funny, dude. Like, <laughs> to be honest with you. How would I describe her? I mean, honestly, she's an amazing human. She like mm -hmm. wants the best for everybody and like super positive and my number one inspiration in the world. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Last question. What do you want Bonnie and Clyde to be remembered for? Like when you walk away from a Bonnie and Clyde set, all I want you to be thinking is, damn, that was the best time I ever had. Yeah. I just had so much fun. Mm -hmm. I want to do that again. That's it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't need you to. I don't need you to think anything else but that. Like I, what, what, what I value is more than anything. It's like fun and happiness. Yeah. So to see people having fun and being happy, that's like everything to me. Mm -hmm. I love it. This is awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye, guys.